Well, that's Johnny Farnham, of course, uh, the wonderful John Farnham. He would have played a spinner at Old Trafford. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, I can promise you that. 0800 150 is our phone number. Number of things to talk about. The Ashes coming up uh, tonight, and it is Test Match number four in Manchester. And, of course, the Commonwealth Games. The Commonwealth Games. What do they mean to you? Uh, and uh, are you surprised? Are you disappointed? I mean, New Zealand's not going to pick it up, so you know we're just going to be sitting and waiting and wondering whereabouts it's it's going to go, if at all. Uh, the 2026 edition does happen, and if the 26 edition doesn't happen, uh, what about the future going forward for that? So it's quite significant as we talk about it this morning. But uh, let's uh, first of all get across to Cliff from Dunedin, one of our more learned gentlemen, as he comes in to us from the deep south. Morning, Cliff. Yeah, morning. Thanks for that, uh, Smitty. Um, yeah, I'll just touch on about the Commonwealth Games. Look, I can see where Victoria are coming with this. Look, the, England England, and um, Australia, the only two countries that have been able to uh, have the Commonwealth Games in the last probably 20-odd years, I think that we probably could have looked at it maybe in Christchurch after the earthquake period. If we were going to spend some money and build a big stadium or track and field at QE2 or develop or whatever. But I think we're, we're, got, we're gun shy now. You know, it's all right saying, on oh, 2034, we might put our hand up. But really, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a lot of money. And I mean, if it's going to be held in Australia or England, most of the time, it's, it's really just a games for the, well, for those countries. Yeah, there's, te- there's the countries that go to it, but to me, it's getting too expensive. Um, I don't know whether it's uh, something that we. I'd like, you know, the, in the day, back in the seventies and eighties and nineties, it had something about it. You know, the nineteen ninety Auckland Games was was great. The seventy four Games, I still remember so well. But to mm. me, I just think it's a. I just think it's getting to the stage where you've just got to look at where your money goes. You know, if if there's world champs and and everything for these uh, athletes to go to, can we keep throwing all this money into a, a one-off event every four years for a smaller group? You know, it's not the Olympics. Um, it's a toughie. It's, it is a very yeah. tough one because we've had so much, so much history in it. So we we can talk about it, uh, you and I, because we've seen so many of them, Cliff, uh, from a motive an emotive background. In other words, it's been quite special in our life following sport. But then again, you just have to. I mean, the world changes. You have to weigh it up. Um, these are five venues: uh, Geelong, Bendigo, Ballarat, uh, Gippsland, and uh, Shepparton. Now, it's two or three of those a lot of New Zealanders would never have heard of, to be perfectly honest, unless you follow racing. Uh, but the, the, the most, uh, I'll tell you, the, the most in, intriguing thing about that is that it's a lot of money. It's $7 billion. $7 billion they're talking about. And that's now. That's right, now's prices. It's gone up $2 billion since they got it. Uh, so from $2 billion since they got it. So I can kind of see where he, you know, and the other thing to, to bear in mind here is that not everyone is a Commonwealth Games fan that lives in those areas. Not everyone that lives in the state of Victoria is a sporting fan, although it is a big sporting state. Um, you know, to outline that kind of, outline, outlay that kind of money to a lot of people is wrong, is absolutely wrong. So we'll just see where, uh, if anyone picks it up, Cliff, but it was a novel idea to take it to the regions, 
but it hasn't paid off. Well, I think they're looking at doing the same thing here. If we had it in Auckland, they would share it round to Hamilton and maybe up to the Mount, Tauranga, even up north. And, I mean, it's very similar. You, if you've got – Melbourne had the 2006. They've probably got everything there in the Melbourne area, and they think that they decided to, to spread it a bit more regionally. Uh, they could bring it back into Melbourne itself, but they don't want to do that because it really it's getting too expensive. And um, on the cricket, you know, I think um, Australia, they can't risk that young fella. I think he's, he's going to get hit as soon as he comes on, and then really a couple of overs he's going to have to come off. You know, England are going to target him big time. And if uh, Australia will want to bat first, because um, they like doing that, and England will want to, what we'll want to bowl too, and they'll say, "Well, we we can roll you, and uh, go out there and plunder you." But um, you know, if if Hazelwood, Hazelwood, and um, the top four or five bowlers that the Aussies have got bowl well, I think they've got a chance to if they bowl fir- if they end up bowling first. But I, look, I think it's a bit of a cagey thing. They'll say we want to bat, and they probably will, but. Um, you just can't risk that young fella. Lions a huge loss. It's a bit like when they lost uh, McGrath in 2005. I think that hurt mm-hmm. that series big time for the Australians, and I think Lions hurting them now because he's he's a control bowler and he gets wickets, and uh, you know he's just such a valuable player in that side. And they've got a couple of guys that haven't made any runs yet. Labuschagne, and uh, the pressure's on the opener. Old. Um, yeah, the opener there. But look, I, th- I think it's just going to be a good battle tonight. I'm looking forward to it. So five days of good cricket, hopefully. Yeah. Yep. Five days. Excellent, uh, Cliff. Thanks for your uh, opinions on both of those matters. Neville, good morning to you, Nev. Oh, sorry, we've got Scott lined up. I thought I saw Neville on the board. Sorry, Scott uh, from Taranaki. G'day, Scott. Hi, Ian. Hey, with the Commonwealth Games, I kind of understand where Andrews comes from, but they're, 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 a, they're a bit like the rest of us. They're probably, you know, government-wise overspent on COVID and now has no money and inflation's through the roof, so they can't afford the thing. And that's there you can see that from most Western countries that sort of lock themselves down into, into oblivion. But um, for me, I've always thought the Commonwealth Games have got to a point now where they need to really look at perhaps having one venue or one country at, at one town where they all come to every every four years and play these events at instead of going to different places all the time and you know, obviously asking a lot of money to, to build infrastructure. So if you have the one place, let's say it's let's say it's London, let's say it's London just for the argument's sake, we all meet in London every four years and compete for the Commonwealth Games, you know, at, at the home of the Commonwealth the British Empire. So that could be one way to negate it. And all you're doing then is perhaps upgrading the odd facility here or there, you know, to, to make sure they're up to a standard, an international standard. But I think to move it all over the place now is, you know, it's it's, it's a nice nostalgic thing, isn't it? But it, it's not viable. And I think for their long-term jeopardy, they probably have to look at one main venue, one main country that can host it every every four years. I think that will be something they have to look at. Look, I'm with you, actually, Scott. I mean, I love the Commonwealth Games. I love the history of it and what it's meant to New Zealanders in particular. I'm talking from a selfish point of view here, and we have hosted it, as you quite rightly point out. But the fact of the matter is, 
uh, you know, th- this guy that's running this, and I'm, I'm going to talk to Peter Fitzsimons after 11 o'clock, um, on a, you know, on the broader issue of uh, this guy's responsible for the state of Victoria, its economy, um, you know, and, and to, to be honest, can he justify a $5 billion blowout on his original decision? That is the thing. And, and how naive, naive was he in thinking that perhaps they could uh, get away with it, um, you know, at, at that point in time? How badly advised was he? Uh, because uh, I've seen a quote where he said this was not a hard decision. This was not a hard decision, Scott. Thanks very much for your calls. Um, and uh, we'll take a break, come back and hopefully squeeze a couple more in. Yep, uh, coming up to uh, 9.45 here on SENZ, and uh, let's get uh, back to the callers. And uh, Neville has been very patient this morning. Neville, good morning to you. Yeah, look, I've got some big golf news, but I just wanted to briefly. But I can't believe Victoria would not do their homework properly and, and then just can the games. And let's remember they, they, um, they got the COVID management wrong as well. big news Neville and we thank you for giving us uh, regular golfing updates as well absolutely outstanding yes I saw him uh, feature uh, in a relatively good uh, finish uh, not that long ago actually might have been has been uh, over the last weekend but to hear that he's qualified for the US amateur and uh, there are all the great names in American golf who have either been runner-up or won the US amateur uh, fellow by the name of Woods, actually, um, and uh, at th- that point when they, you start winning those type of tournaments, are that prestigious that you get um, an amateur entry into uh, the US Open in particular, maybe the PGA, maybe I think even the uh, Open Championship in England because they do have a, a great affinity with amateur golf in that tournament as well. So uh, Neville, if uh, he was to somehow win that, um, he's got to get through the qualifying, as you say, 312 uh, to break through into the uh, match play side of it. If he was to do that, then certainly the doors would open up for him. We'll keep an eye on that, Neville, uh, in August. Thank you very much. John from Auckland, thanks for calling. Yeah, morning. No, morning. Um, you know who else is a decent golfer? Zan Sullivan. Hawks Bay lead. Plays for the Blues. Good golfer? Yeah, he's pretty solid, mate. Pretty solid. 
But anyway, so let's start talking about this com games. I kind of agree with a, uh, a caller a few calls back. They should probably base it in one city based on what's happening. I understand that our government was looking at, you know, a proposal that they wanted a bid for it in 2034 or something like that. And you've got to remember that's, what, 11 years away. So the cost mm. will probably balloon to $14 billion. Now, I don't know if any government can justify spending $14 billion on an event that's 12 days. And what I understood from Albert is that they wanted to take it around the country. So logistically, there's another cost. And so I'm thinking, well, will it be viable if we even try and bid for this tournament? Not tournament, but, you know, Empire Games, as it used to be called. Um, I'm, I'm like you, Smithy. I, I love the Com Games, and I love what it what it used to represent in terms of, you know, all of us uh, under the British Empire, and all we all play similar sports. But we have to think logically. Can it survive the 21st century? I'm not too sure, mate. And and does it have a a uh, an affinity with people that are growing up in these countries now, like um, countries like Jamaica, countries like our country, who will mm. probably be independent in the next 20 years? So we've got to think about you know, does it really reflect the state of who we're going to be in the future? I'm not too sure. So yeah, it's uh, kind I- of dire for the games. I think you, um, it's really good forward thinking, John. Uh, you're a relatively young man and you've got a, um, a, a lot of Commonwealth games to look forward to if that, they were to eventuate a lot of sport to look forward to. Uh, but I, I really do like that common sense attitude that you've got and uh, it just goes further than actually 12 days. And, you know, you do the math there. $7 billion for 12 days. It's over half a billion dollars per day. Over half a billion dollars per day. Uh, I mean, man, you've got to be a very wealthy, sustainable economy to justify that. And as a politician, to justify it to the bulk of the people that you're serving. How do you do that? Uh, how do you do that in this day and age? I'm not quite sure that you can. And whilst this guy, uh, Daniel uh, Andrews, is being painted as a villain at the moment, you've got to remember uh, he has been in power for a long period of time. He's been the state premier for uh, close on 10, uh, 10 years. He knows his stuff. It's 9.53.